What a year it has been. There are all kinds of adjectives we can connect to 2020. Difficult, sad, unique, frustrating, confusing, irritating, and and probably a a whole slew of other words that we can't or really shouldn't use in a a church service. While there's, there's definitely been good in this season, Sometimes it's hard to see that good through the the clouds of loss and of uncertainty. Even over the last couple weeks, the the promising news about a a vaccine has been kind of crowded out by rising numbers and all of the fears and shutdowns that that come with those rising numbers. Now, if we, we listen to that good news, if we pay attention to that good news, and we definitely should... But we, we get the sense that if we can just hold on, if we can just hold on and be super diligent for the next few months, from a pandemic perspective at least, things will begin to, to turn around. Things will begin to shift. But patience is hard. Waiting is hard. Patience isn't exactly a virtue in our society. It's hard to wait. Especially when when waiting begins with waiting for weeks and then months and then what looks like it will be more than a year. It's one of the reasons that Advent is so important for us, for those of us who who claim to follow Jesus. Advent is, is an exercise in waiting. It's a season that that really trains us to be patient. And as we wait. We rest on the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that are signposts that that, that point us toward the manger, that that point us toward the celebration of Christmas. Now, of course, like everything else this year, the way that we're celebrating Advent and Christmas here at WPC, it, it looks a little different, but we're still celebrating. We're still doing our Advent family celebration service later this afternoon, but it'll look a little different. We'll be outside in the courtyard, and we won't exactly be shouting the 12 days of Christmas as we have in the past. We're still hosting our alternative gift market along with our giving tree where we provide gifts for our neighbors who just need a little extra help. But we're doing that shopping from our homes and inviting you to drop them off drop off those gifts. Ed, Pavel, and our our WPC music ministry team, they're still putting together a lot of Advent and Christmas music. We're actually doing an Advent concert series, which will be filmed and then released on our, our various social media platforms and channels. And we're not canceling Christmas Eve. We're just getting creative. We're planning a, an outdoor walking pageant of sorts, as well as an online service for Christmas Eve evening. Church isn't closed. We're still celebrating Jesus' birth. On Sunday mornings, we're going to be exploring what, what it would have been like for those who sat in the proverbial waiting room looking forward to Jesus' birth, when they were waiting for Jesus' birth. And my hope is that as we, we picture how that may have looked, we'd be drawn into the waiting ourselves. In in the place where we sit, in in our living rooms. And we think about how our living room meets the manger. 
Now the Hebrew scriptures, they are, are full of prophecies like the one that we read earlier in Jeremiah, where a descendant of David will, will rise up to serve Judah and to deliver Israel to safety. Generations waited and waited. And then they waited some more for that descendant to come. Then in the Gospels, and where we're turning today, in the, in the Gospel of Luke, we read about John the Baptist who, who came to prepare the way. About Mary, who, whose story we're going to explore in a, in a few weeks. And, and about Caesar issuing a decree for a census. Then starting in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, we read this. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. Now, while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, like many of you, I imagine, one of the things I feel like I've lost during this year, or had taken away from me as a result of the pandemic, is really the opportunity to travel. For our 15th wedding anniversary, Haley, my wife, and I, we had, we had planned to, to go on a trip that would have taken us to one of the earliest COVID epicenters in Italy. We, we were going to go in, in the month of April. Obviously, we, we didn't go, and, and we will go one day. But, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I'll ever look at the privilege of traveling in the same way. I'm not sure if I'll ever look at the, the privilege of living it at this time in history where so much is available the same way again. My, my passion for traveling abroad, it, it really started when I was 19. I, I went on a surf trip to Costa Rica with my cousin and, and two of our closest friends. We, we flew to Costa Rica, and then we, we packed into this, this small SUV with surfboards on top and our luggage in the back, really without having any real idea of where we were going or how we were going to really navigate where we're staying or anything like that. And, and about a week after touring around, we, we got a little more brave. We got a little more confident. We, we decided that we would head to this place called Pavonis that we had heard about. Pavonis is known as being one of the, having one of the longest lefts in the world. It's the only place that I've ever surfed where it made sense to, to ride a wave than to get off your board after riding that wave, go to the beach, and then walk up the coast to the point to get back in the water to catch another wave. It took us about a, a day to travel from where we were to, to work our way down the coast to get to the Pavonis, and and we pulled up to the beach right at dusk. And, and we were these, these kids that just saw the, the waves that were made out of, of, we had dreamed of these waves. But we had no idea where we were going to stay when we got there. There were a handful of surfers that were, were getting out of the water, and one of them recognized a, a logo 
on the hat that my, my cousin was wearing, and the logo is from a, a small surf shop in, in San Diego. He, he came over and he asked my cousin some questions, and they knew some of the same people. And after chatting for a bit, he, he told him, my cousin told him that we didn't really have a place to stay. He walked away, and a few minutes later, he returned with a local man and his six-year-old son. And the six-year-old had the, the biggest grin on his face. Before we knew it, we were taking our, our SUV with all of our, our stuff and driving across a, a dirt path to the, the, the local's property. His son had raced back ahead of us, and he, he pulled out a lawnmower to clear this, this patch between, behind the house where we could set up our, our tent and our, our camp. The, the owner and, and the son, they, they apologized profusely that it was the best that they could offer. But he had no idea just how much joy he brought to the four of us. We, we were exhausted. We were really just looking for a, a place to sleep. But, but most importantly for us, we were staying less than a, a couple hundred feet from one of the best waves in the world. Now, I wonder what it would have been like to open the door or to, to look out the window and to see Mary and Joseph coming toward your property, like the, the innkeeper or the homeowner was. Did, did the man experience terror? Was it joy? Maybe a, a little both. Did he have a family there? We, we don't know. And every time I read Jesus' birth narrative in Luke, I, I can't help but hear it read um, read in the voice of Linus from uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. Most of us who celebrate Christmas, we, we know this story. We, we've been a part of pageants. We, we know it. All of us who have seen a Christmas pageant or have maybe participated in the Bethlehem experience here, which we're hoping, by the way, to do again next year, we can picture an inn or at least an innkeeper Sometimes they're portrayed as, as opening a door and looking at Joseph and Mary and saying there's no room at the end. But, but look again at the scripture passage. It, Luke doesn't mention an innkeeper at all. In fact, some translations take the image of an inn out of the story all together. The word that Luke uses here is the same one he uses for the upper room when he tells the story of the Last Supper. It's not the same word that he uses when Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, in that story where, where the Samaritan takes the victim of a robbery to a common inn to rest and to heal. Really, we could think of that place that Jesus portrayed more of as a, a hostel or a, a hotel. So we're, we're either talking about a, a bed and breakfast here, maybe, or, or more than likely about a, a distant cousin or a distant relative, a friend, somebody that Joseph and Mary knew who had a guest room. But when they get there, the guest room is full. Maybe another family member was a little quicker than Joseph and his very, very pregnant wife getting to Bethlehem for the census. Now imagine the, the, the horror on the face of the homeowner, as I like to call the innkeeper, of the homeowner as he, he sees another family member, another friend, show up into town. We're, we're not really told how well he knew Joseph. We're not told if he knew him much at all. Maybe maybe he knew Mary, but 
We, we don't really know. But it had to be obvious that the, the child that Mary was carrying was coming soon. I imagine for the homeowner there was this, this sense of responsibility. So he offers the only room that he can think of. The, the, the room, the, the place where he kept his animals. Now, it may have, historians have, have kind of kicked it around, may have been a, a separated cave, think of like a garage, or as many scholars suggest, in an extension of his actual house where the livestock were brought in when it was too cold for them to sleep at night outside. Today, today that, that room is appropriately referred to as the, the, nat- the Nativity Grotto. And it sits underneath a church, and, and the room itself is known as being the oldest site to, to host continuous worship services. If you, you read along in our WPC Advent devotional and, and haven't read ahead too much, I tell a story of visiting Bethlehem and, and visiting that grotto years ago. Now, while we were there, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go down into the cave. But, but I did get to stand at the top of the steps and, and watch, uh, watch a worship service, watch an Armenian worship service. Here is how it looked. It wasn't quite the scene I pictured from all the pageants I had seen. It, it seemed like it, it would have been cold, and I could almost picture the extended family of the homeowner standing outside the doorway or maybe up around the corner listening and waiting, just just kind of waiting to hear the cry of a newborn. Did they wait with joy, as many of us do when we we await the news of a new baby? Were, Were they concerned, maybe for Mary's health, or about what this new baby might mean for the upcoming census? Maybe the the owner of the house was just tired. Distant relatives had been stopping by for a a few days, and he just wanted a break. Maybe he just wanted his space back for his immediate family. We're not really sure. But we know, we know that he opened his door, and that he offered what he had, even though The guest room was full, and there were all kinds of uncertainty and confusion around him. He still opened the door. So so this Advent season, I want to invite us to do just that, do the same thing, to open our door. to, To sit, maybe to sit at the top of those stairs and wait patiently. Let's spend some time in our, our homes, in, our, in our, our living rooms, waiting in the hope, peace, joy, and love of this season, just like the homeowner or innkeeper did. Amen.